Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everyone. If you like this podcast, go behind the paywall to get privileged access to the smartest minds in finance. Join the Real Vision community and learn how to become a better investor. Visit realvision.com slash rvpod and use the promo code podcast10, that's podcast10, to get 10% off our essential membership for the first year. Now, to the top analysis of today's crypto markets. Welcome back to another episode of Real Vision Crypto Daily Briefing, asking for a friend. I'm Nico Bruga, and with me today is Mike Rainbow, co-founder of Rainbow. Welcome back, buddy. How are you? What's up, Nico? Thanks for having me back. Oh, I'm so excited to have you back. As everybody remembers, a couple of weeks ago, Mike and I went deep into decentralized exchanges. He showed us how we can connect to Uniswap and buy all of those fun meme tokens if we would like. Of course, not financial advice. But today, Mike, I think we're going to get into layer twos. So we obviously all know layer ones, Ethereum, Bitcoin, Solana. But tell me, what just are layer twos exactly? Yeah. So layer twos are blockchains that uh, derive their security guarantees from a layer one. And additionally, they almost, or I guess typically almost always have a very similar runtime as the layer one. So for example, on Ethereum, uh, we have a number of popular layer twos. Uh, two of the biggest ones right now are Arbitrum and Optimism. Both of those run the same EVM uh, that Ethereum does. So what that means is that developers who are building apps for Ethereum can super easily deploy that same application on these layer twos. And layer twos in general come with dramatically lower gas fees. Uh, we're talking about you know 25 cents, for example, uh, to, to make a swap compared to like $15 on Ethereum, for example. Yeah, um, actually, just before you go on, Mike, I, I think we actually have an image we can show just sort of breaking down some of those fees and how it sort of compares to each other. Yeah, I mean, just looking at this real quick, you see StarkNet is 16 cents and Ethereum would be $1.75. I mean, that's absolutely yeah. insane. Yeah. So these layer twos, like the main goal of them is to uh, scale Ethereum. Uh, and really what that means, right, is, is making transactions cheaper, uh, transactions faster, uh, really with the goal of, of broadening, you know, the accessibility of this technology, right? There's, you know, not everyone in the world can afford to spend $50 on an Ethereum uh, transaction to deposit money into something. Um, and I think that what's exciting to me, at least about these layer twos, is how they can, they create an opportunity for people to kind of play around with these applications uh, without having to waste a lot of money on gas just to play around with them, right? Because um, I do think that playing around with these applications is the best way to actually learn how they work. 
Absolutely. And you, you showed that when you did your amazing walkthrough of uh, Uniswap and SushiSwap and the rainbow wallets and everything the other week. And that was incredibly helpful. So besides from um, sort of lower gas fees, are there any other advantages to these layer twos? Yeah, I just kind of mentioned it as well. But so transactions on these layer twos uh, confirm or like settle nearly instantly, right? I guess, you know, off the top of my head, I don't know the exact actual confirmation time that they have. But, you know, from the end user's, you know, point of view, they happen nearly instantaneously. So that's really cool. Uh, you know, on Ethereum mainnet, transactions can take anywhere from like 10 seconds to a couple of minutes, right? So that's another big benefit as well. Um, yeah, let me think. I guess, yeah, really the, the headline benefit here is uh, the cost of transacting, uh, without a doubt. Fascinating, fascinating. And one thing I do want to sort of take a step back and touch on when we were talking off air just before we went live that I found fascinating and then plays directly into this L2 question is the idea of liquidity and automated market makers on SushiSwap. Can you sort of, um, or Uniswap, can you sort of walk us through what that is and how layer two sort of become ideal for these purposes? Yeah. So yeah, I was explaining to you, yeah, before the call, one of my favorite kind of example use cases of why layer twos are cool for regular people and particularly beginners is because doing things, so Uniswap V3, you know, you can uh, add liquidity to it uh, as a liquidity provider and you can earn fees from people trading in that, in that trading pair. Now on Ethereum mainnet, uh, in order to deposit money to become uh, a liquidity provider, that can cost like sometimes, you know, 50 or $75 in gas alone. And that kind of prevents, you know, that makes depositing a much more sort of serious action, right? Like you have to kind of be pretty sure about what you're doing um, if you're going to deposit in there. But what's exciting to me about layer twos is it creates an opportunity for people to play around with these things at, for really low stakes. So for example, um, you know, again, on, on mainnet, it could cost $50 to deposit uh, funds in there. Now, what that means is that that kind of rules out simply depositing $5, right? If you only wanted to deposit $5 just to like play around and see how it works, you're kind of priced out on, on Ethereum mainnet. But on layer twos like Arbitrum and Optimism, you totally can deposit only $5 in, into Uniswap. And more than that, it also uh, allows you to do things like, you know, so on Uniswap, when you, when you deposit funds and you earn these trading fees, they kind of get collected off to the side and you, the user have to like click claim to, you know, kind of claim those fees and that costs gas too. Um, so on mainnet Ethereum, you know, you kind of, you have to like earn enough fees to justify claiming them because clicking claim is going to cost you $15 in gas. Right. Whereas on these layer twos, you know, you can be far more sort of just like liberal or aggressive with the claiming of those fees. And I find that to be just like a really, um, like, I think that that is quite fun for a beginner. Like, I think that that is like a really kind of like fun activity, like clicking claim uh, on, on fees that you've earned is just like a really like, you know, satisfying experience. Um, and layer twos just kind of, yeah, broaden the accessibility of that, right? And make it just a far lower kind of, you know, far lower stakes to kind of just jump in and play around. Hey everyone, we're gonna take a quick pause and hear a word from our partners. We'll be right back. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One of my questions then, and I think we're all realizing that asking for a friend, that friend is really me. (laughs) And I somehow have been in this space and still have lots of stupid questions. But one thing I was curious then is like, why doesn't then OpenSea use a layer two to settle their transactions or do they? You know, because it seems like then that everywhere, every sort of marketplace, especially in the NFT world, where there's a ton of volume should be on an L2 so that gas fees are lower and transactions uh, process more. So what, what's the deal with sort of OpenSea and L2s? Yeah, great question. So as an industry, layer two adoption is really just taking off now. And we're seeing the most sort of traction, you know, as far as adoption goes on the DeFi side of things. So OpenSea today does support these layer twos. The reason that you might not realize that, uh, or that, you know, many people might not know that is, is simply because as of right now, there's not a ton of popping NFTs that exist on these layer twos. So it's more of like a supply, you know, it's more of a supply issue. There's simply not enough sort of, you know, interesting NFTs that exist natively on these layer twos for it to kind of have taken off. Now, that's something that I think is going to be changing really soon. Rainbow, at least, is really focused on making layer two NFTs, you know, really happen this summer, for example. And I know for sure that there's other actors in the industry that are also kind of making a big uh, push as well. So I do expect layer two NFTs uh, to really blossom over the next, you know, six to 12 months, like without a doubt. Yeah. But yeah, it is, that's, that's kind of why, uh, why it hasn't fully taken off on OpenSea yet. No, that makes perfect sense. Um, So before we keep going, I just wanted to remind our viewers to join us in the conversation. Put down your questions in the chat wherever you're watching. We'll ask the best ones on air. Remember, Real Vision members take priority, but the good news is crypto membership is free. Go to realvision.com backslash crypto to sign up. And if you're watching on YouTube, tweet this link and follow Real Vision at Real Vision. So... Mike, one of the things I want to get into with layer twos is based on a conversation I had with someone who was like, okay, this crypto thing seems really cool, but I'm a small business owner. How can this make my life better? Are layer twos at the point or will they ever be at the point where they almost function like apps? So if I'm running my local wine store, I could create a inventory system on the blockchain just running on that L2, or are we still a bit away from that? Great question. So, you know, you ask, are there, you know, are people using these L2s, you know, as applications? Um, the answer is yes, but not really in the way that you describe. So, you know, your question was, hey, as a small business, can I utilize this? The unfortunate answer is not yet. Crypto right now is is still kind of a sort of a, a digital first ecosystem or sort of economy. Um, and I, you know, I'm quite confident that this technology is going to benefit small businesses. Like I actually think a lot about that, and I really do think that once crypto actually like hits small businesses, it's going to be like a ca- you know 
capitalist renaissance, essentially. But that's not that's not happening yet. And I do think it's a, a couple of years away. Honestly, the U.S. regulatory environment really hinders sort of uh, the real world impact that crypto can make. The applications that are building their own layer twos um, tend to be, you know, crypto centric applications. For example, I know of some projects like there's an NFT related project that is building their own layer two. Um, and there's, you know, some financial uh, applications that are building their own layer twos. Uh, the reason that they're doing this is essentially because you can think of a blockchain as a highway. And sometimes, you know, the more people there are on the highway trying to use it, it can get congested and there could be traffic. But, you know, creating your own layer two, what you're doing is essentially creating your own highway. And if you're the only person on that highway, it can't really get jammed up, right? So by building your own layer two, these applications essentially kind of free themselves from the larger market kind of activity. So it's like if, you know, Ethereum gas prices are going crazy because everyone's doing, you know, lots of transactions, like your users can still, you know, access your application reliably uh, without having to worry about that congestion happening over there. Yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah. And so I, I, part of what I'm, what I'm trying to get at is, is this sort of the future of what Ethereum and these L1s look like. And it sounds to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, that a lot of it is the way we will interact with these two years, five years, 10 years down the line will be primarily through L2s. And we won't even necessarily know that we're dealing with the Ethereum or the, uh, the Bitcoin or the Solana L1. We're just existing sort of on all these various layer twos. I do think it's going to end up something, something like that for sure. You know, not all layer twos are equal. You know, uh, there are differences between layer twos. And I do think that in, it's not going to be completely abstracted because in do it, you know, if it was completely abstracted, then users might sort of unwittingly put their money into something that like isn't safe, for example. But I do, I do completely agree that that's, that's the end game. At Rainbow, you know, we're an Ethereum uh, wallet, uh, but we also support all of these layer two networks. And something that we're really focused on is making layer twos uh, like a first class citizen in our product. And, um, you know, what we're iterating towards is actually making layer twos the default experience in Rainbow. So if you're, you know, a newcomer and you get Rainbow and it's, you know, it's your first wallet and, uh, you know, you, you, you go and try to, uh, you know, use our in-app like fiat on-ramp to basically buy some crypto, uh, you know, our goal is to have, you know, really soon here on-ramp people directly into layer twos, right? Um, because from an end user experience point of view, like it's just an objectively better kind of first time experience, right? The gas fees are significantly lower. Um, yeah. Hi, everyone. We're going to take another quick break and hear a word from our partners. We'll be right back with the Real Vision Crypto Daily Briefing. I want to sort of go back and touch on, I believe, God, all of these names you and I were talking about <laughs> yeah. all sound like terrible sci-fi, like unobtainium and stuff. Yeah, it's like... It's a bit of an issue for our industry, and maybe we'll fix it, maybe not. But optimism and Arbitrum, can you tell me a little bit about why those two have become so popular and sort of blown up in recent months on crypto Twitter? Yeah. So, yeah, it, it is funny. These things have, you know, optimism, love the name of optimism. Arbitrum and Ethereum, I think, are just funny names. I think that they just sound super, like, nerdy. So, yeah, Arbitrum and Optimism have both really uh, blown up and seen a lot of uh, attention in the last 
six months to a year, uh, primarily because they are really kind of front runners here in um, building like secure layer twos, right? So the mechanisms that actually power these, you know, optimism and arbitrum, you know, like they are on a good path, right? Everyone believes in the path that they are on. Um, and again, you know, from an, you know, from an ecosystem perspective, a lot of projects out there that are building dApps, like whether they're financial or NFTs, et cetera, they all feel this pain of the Ethereum mainnet gas price, right? They hear from their users, hey, like, you know, I just want to buy this NFT that costs a dollar. Like, I don't want to pay $15 in gas to buy this $1 NFT. So, uh, you know, you ask like, why are these, why is Arbitrum and Optimism really popping off? It's, it's because like, there's a real demand for improving the end user experience of, you know, of Ethereum essentially. Um, so yeah, like more and more developers are thinking in this kind of like layer two first mentality, right? Where lots of projects are actually, you know, will first launch now on these layer twos and kind of, the, you, you know, that's their primary like are they, uh, are they using it like a beta testing and then they'll move on to Ethereum or are they just going to stay as an L2? That's a good question. Honestly, each, you know, I've seen it play out a few different ways and I've seen it play out exactly like you're saying, like where they use the L2 as kind of, uh, you know, a good example of that is Aave. So Aave had Aave V3 and Aave V3 had existed for, I don't know, off the top of my head, I'm going to say like six to eight months had existed as only being deployed on these layer twos. Uh, and then after kind of, again, like six to eight months of, of a, you know, a clean track record, right, where the system was working properly, you know, there were no security issues, only then did they actually deploy Aave V3 on Ethereum mainnet. So, I, yeah, I do see it happening like that as well. I've seen other projects, though, where they deploy on Layer 2s and they, that's, that's their end that's game, that, you know? Yeah. God, such an interesting uh, ecosystem. Um, how do you feel about taking a couple of questions from the audience, Mike? Let's go. Awesome. All righty. Richard Lirano, Lirano, I hope I pronounced that right, Richard, on YouTube asks, hey, Mike, when does the rainbow extension drop? Ooh, and I, this question. is a question I have too. So, Mike, can you first tell us what the extension is and uh, give us a little bit of an update? Yeah. So rainbow, you know, uh, we're an Ethereum wallet uh, right now, or, you know, and historically we've existed purely as a mobile app, but, you know, a lot of Ethereum users use desktop computers as their primary device for interacting with, with, with these dApps. So rainbow has been working on a browser extension version of rainbow. Uh, and with that, we're going to finally have platform parity with MetaMask, meaning, you know, rainbow is going to basically become, you know, a wholesale replacement for MetaMask uh, with like a, significantly better user experience. So, you know, Richard asking, when are we, when is that dropping, right? When are we launching that? And the answer is, uh, check your emails very soon, Richard. Uh, we are rolling out access to the extension, um, to all of the people on the wait list in the next, like, I don't want to, I'm not going to commit to a, a date right here, but you know, within the next two weeks, we're going to be start rolling it out to that, to that larger wait list and shooting for a full release, uh, in Q3. Oh, very exciting. Very exciting. We'll definitely have to have you back uh, just to talk about that and also drop some knowledge. Um, already next up, Ralph. Ralph Humphrey, one of our favorites. He asks from the RV platform, 
What are some predictions you might make, Mike, about innovation in the blockchain space and for the impact of regulation? That is a whopper, obviously. Yeah, let me think. I guess predictions for innovation, you know, I I predict the innovation will continue. Uh, I'm quite, I think that Ethereum, the pace of development in the Ethereum ecosystem is just mind blowing to me. And I guess I'm more inspired and sort of excited and energized by the developments and the innovations in the ecosystem, like, you know, now more than ever. Um, As far as the impact of regulation, I, you know, I think that, yeah, like obviously regulators can have quite an impact. Now, I think that if everyone, you know, everyone's following the situation, I think that it's quite clear that this is not your typical sort of regulatory regime here. Um, The regulators are, you know, choosing to regulate via enforcement instead of, um, or, you know, aka regulation by surprise is a funny way that I've seen it uh, stated. Now, I guess I call me naive or whatever, but I'm I'm kind of a, a perpetual optimist here. And I don't think that America will make really critically bad decisions here. I'm quite confident that, yeah, that, that our representatives are going to sort of jump in here. I do think that, you know, clearing up the rules can make a huge impact, right? So honestly, the, so let me, yeah, actually the answer to that question is like, there could be huge positive impact from clearing up some of these rules and to basically lay out like a really clear regulatory regime. In doing so, um, I think would one, bring back uh, a lot of liquidity to this space. Um, and second, I think it would also just further entrench, you know, the United States as a leader in this industry. Right now, we are certainly at risk, like at serious risk of losing that dramatic lead as basically the industry's most talented people seek, you know, alternative jurisdictions, right? Um, that's super unideal. We're talking about good people trying to build good faith projects that like actually improve the world and they don't feel safe doing that in America, which is super lame. So we have to fix that. Absolutely. And we've seen this recently. I believe Galaxy Digital announced the other day that they're moving overseas or they're opening up some foreign offices. But it sounds to to me, Mike, and I, I think this is why we get along so well. I'm a um, cautious optimist, although most people just consider me a complete optimist. It sounds like you have no plans to uh, join some of the other crypto folks and skip out of uh, the U.S. You guys are you've staked your claim here. Yeah, we love America too much. Um, yeah, no, yeah, no, no plans of leaving. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, no. it's it's. I think it speaks to. Um, it makes total sense. There's no way we're going to change things here in America if we all pack our bags and you know take our football home with us. We got to stick. We got to work with our local um, representatives and you know make our voices heard. Um, God, wow! I'm getting up on my soapbox. I'll uh, I'll take my uh, Lenin cap off, and we'll uh, we'll save the revolutionary talk for another time, good sir. Um, alrighty, last question before we wrap up. K Champagne or Key Champagne on YouTube asks, "Do you have any favorite L2s?" And I know Ooh. we talked optimism and Arbitron, so let's throw those out the window. Anything else besides those two? Anything else besides those two? You know, Polygon's awesome too. I think Polygon's cool. Polygon is like, you know, people will get into semantic arguments about, oh, is Polygon a layer two or is it this other thing? Blah, blah, blah. Let's not get into that. Yeah, Polygon's cool as well. Yeah, really, I guess, you know, as a user personally, I primarily use Arbitrum Optimism and Polygon. I'm quite excited about 
some upcoming layer twos though, because again, it is this like, you know, came through an explosion where we have a lot of really interesting uh, platforms kind of coming out. So yeah, I'm quite excited about some of these new ones. You know, I'm, I've got my eyes on this project called like Fuel. Uh, I think that that's very cool. Does Fuel, I mean, before you continue, do they spell it like we assume they spell it or is it Fuel, with like- Fuel, yeah, or? Fuel like gasoline, you know. Okay, good. They're not like throwing um, random Y in there. No, 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 no. I would tell you. Yeah, don't worry, Nico. Um, there's other ones, you know, even on this list that we had, you know, earlier in the video, we flashed that like l2fees.info website. You know, some of them, the networks on there, for example, like StarkNet, StarkNet is still sort of like not a finished technology, you know, um, it's still in kind of its alpha or beta stage. Um, and I'm, but I'm quite excited about the future of StarkNet, for example. There's like a lot of things that can only be done on StarkNet, like StarkNet enables new, entirely new use cases, for example, like purely on-chain games and things like that. Um, that simply aren't even possible on these other layer twos. But yeah, so I'm, I'm keeping my eye out watching StarkNet. Wow, absolutely fascinating. Um, Mike, before we close out, any final thoughts you want to leave our audience with? Yeah, I mean, I highly recommend everybody play with layer twos, you know, uh, download Rainbow. Uh, you can use the app to bridge between these networks. So it's super easy to take some ETH and, you know, send it between Optimism and Arbitrum and Mainnet, et cetera cannot sort of emphasize enough how like playing with these dApps is the best way to learn about how crypto works and how these DeFi applications work. Highly recommend just throwing in a hundred bucks. You know, that's all you need on these layer twos to really kind of like actually play around. So definitely, you know, recommend that, you know, play around, see, see what happens, learn how this stuff works, have fun. Oh, I love it. Although, this speaks to how long we've been in this space, but when you said throw a hundred bucks, it reminded me that that could buy you half of ETH in this time of year in 2020. Like, oh God, we got to start building that time machine, Mike. The aliens, Nico, you know, know, they might be here with that time machine pretty soon. So oh, very might good. be in love. Yeah. And everybody, if you ask enough, maybe we'll turn asking for a friend into a full-blown alien uh, Q&A episode where Mike and I will go galaxy brain on what the hell is going on with our beloved ETs out there. We don't want, you know, that might set some new sort of records, though, for Real Vision all-time high, like, viewer count, though. I'm not sure if we would want to you know, God, rock the boat that much. <laughs> we'll see what the audience says. But thank you so much for joining us, Mike. Thanks for having me, Nico. Pleasure. Awesome. Well, that's it for today. Check out the Real Vision website. Today is the final day of our Festival of Learning campaign focused all on AI. You can get seven days of Real Vision premium access and insights for free. Head to realvision.com backslash Festival of Learning. No Crypto Daily Briefing on Monday due to, the, due to the Juneteenth holiday, but we have some stellar guests coming up later in the week, including Caitlin Long and our very own Rao Powell. See you Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, and 5 p.m. London time. Thanks for watching, everybody. What's up, revolutionaries? Thanks for tuning in to the Real Vision Daily Briefing. For more content like this, head over to realvision.com and get unfiltered access to the very best, brightest, and biggest names in finance.